0: Hello and welcome to episode 68 of the Casual Try Hard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And we are going to talk about whatever we've been doing on Arena, which yeah. this week has been a lot of limited for me.
1: Yeah, I played some constructed stuff, but I had some other things going on over the weekend, so I didn't I didn't get a ton of Arena time this weekend.
0: Totally understandable. Yeah. I'm in my like last week of classes. I'm glad so. you
1: got a lot of uh, limited in, though. I've been... Really excited about the prospect of these, like the live drafts, the player drafts. Yes. I'm kind of sad that my uh, my gems ran out before I got my fill.
0: Yeah, no, the, the live drafts have been good. Yeah. So t- I started tweeting out my 7-win deck lists on mm-hmm. uh, Limited at Casual Tripod if you want to see the decks I've been winning with.
1: Yep. Unfortunately, I don't think many of them made it to Facebook, but if you want to hit us up on Facebook... You can find us at Casual try hard MTG. Uh, we've had a couple people shoot us some emails to let us know they're still alive. Thank you very much, Ken. Yes. Um, you can do that at show at CasualTryHardMTG.com. Uh, make sure if you're looking to order any cards. I believe for some reason cards are starting to trickle into the market, even though they're not technically out but if you want to pick up some of my stuff, you can do it through our TCG affiliate affiliate, link, uh, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. A very small portion of that will go to help keep the show trucking. If you wanted to support us in a little bit more meaningful way, you can do so at our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. One thing that I've been trying to do is to throw up our show notes, like the day before the show goes live on our Patreon. So if you want to check those out, you head over to our Patreon and you know throw a couple bucks into the pool and get access to our super sweet show notes. We also yeah. have a YouTube channel at Casual Trihard MTG. We did a sealed pool built one uh, the weekend the set came out it turned out really cool. If you're interested in that, you should go check that out
0: as well. I keep saying I want to do a draft one and then like I just never do. Never do. I don't know what's wrong with me. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then like it's a, I think about it, then I don't do it. Then it's like a really interesting draft. And then I'm like, uh, (laughs) no one will ever see this. Yes, exactly. Right.
1: Well, I mean, like I always say, like the, the interesting part of draft for me is the draft. I will gladly play out my games or whatever, but I would rather just draft and then draft again and not have to play with the, you know, mediocre cards that I drafted. And I don't mean that, you know, mediocre in, like the draft environment. I didn't mean like mediocre in like the history of magic.
0: Yeah. With paper magic kind of not happening and not yeah. that like normal, like weekly churn of decks and like events to talk about. Mm-hmm. If you guys have any ideas for things that you want to uh, talk about, uh, please let us know.
1: Yeah. Anything at all. Like whether it's gameplay stuff or deck building stuff or card evaluation stuff or whatever it is you want to hear. You have our ears, so now's the time to let us know so we can answer your questions.
0: Yeah. There was some news today that happened, and this is for us old-timey people.
1: Yeah. I mean, we knew it was coming, though.
0: Yeah, but...
1: It's just sad to see it in writing.
0: Yeah. So Planeswalker points, the way that they used to track how much you played and how you did... Mm -hmm. Uh, those haven't been used for a while, and they are officially going away on May 27th.
1: Yeah, and they're taking something else with them.
0: What is that other than the whole website?
1: Your DCI number.
0: Oh, yeah. Weak. Yeah,
1: your DCI number is now null and void. It will be used for exactly no things. From what the statement said, they're going to go to a unified system where it's the same system for Magic Online, Arena, and Paper. And I know me and uh, our local game store owner, Anthony, were talking about this a couple weeks ago. Uh, Wizards did roll out their new like, event reporting software that's supposed to link to an app on your phone.
0: Has that um, app shown up yet?
1: Yes, but you have to be invited currently. Oh. So it's only out for like testing purposes, And I think they did that on purpose now, like when there's no events going on, so people could kind of like test it out and see if it's working before they're actually trying to run an event in it. So this is supposed to replace what the DCI number was. Yeah. Every every player will have an app on their phone where when you go to like sign into a tournament, the reporting software will push a notification to the app and then you'll you know select on the app. Yes, I want to be part of this tournament. And that's what actually enters you to the tournament. So you won't have to like remember your DCI anymore. And supposedly this is like I said it's going to be linked to your arena account and your Magic online account as well.
0: Yeah, you now need to have a Wizards account, which if you can yeah. sign into arena, they say you already ha- you already have generated your Wizards account. Yep. Yeah, but it, it's sad that the DCI number is going away.
1: Yeah, it was kind of a badge of honor for, for a lot of people to have, you know, the old school, what were they, four-digit, six-digit, or eight-digit DCI yeah, numbers? super
0: short ones, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, it will be nice if they can somehow, like, tie your performance across all the different yeah. platforms that you play. So, like, you know, you could track people, slash, like, you know, who's been the best digital player Mm-hmm. this actual person so they get to go do a thing or who's been the best player across all formats right. formats being like magic online arena yeah. and yeah ways to play right yeah. and that would be that would be good yeah
1: I, I mean I really don't I, I don't want my arena info though I don't want to see how many ranked games I've lost
0: yeah yeah that is <laughs> that is rough yep I have kind of taken the approach to magic as of late that I'm just gonna do what I enjoy, yeah. And at least for the last week, week and a half, I've enjoyed uh, limited.
1: Yeah, because we got player drafts.
0: Yeah, so you're not always playing. It's the same archetype, though. At higher ranks, that is starting to change. Yeah, and you're like you're able to like read a table and read signals and mm-hmm. see what see what's going on. So that's yeah, way better than not. Well,
1: Yeah, at least in my opinion, that's the fun part of drafting is reading signals, you know, staying fluid enough to move in or out of an archetype if you have to. That's the fun part for me. Like actually playing the games with, you know, some mediocre draft chaff isn't really that exciting, to me at least. Yeah. What have you learned in your week of uh, diving into Ikoria Limited?
0: Well, I learned that I was close to infinite about three days ago and now i am no longer uh, it just <laughs> it's takes been a rough a few, week been a while, like three days so to give you a sense of how many drafts i've done i can tell you exactly i have done 47 drafts
1: man that's a lot of drafts
0: that is a lot of drafts and i have gone 165 and 127, no, 126 It's about a fifty-six point seven percent win rate. It's nothing
1: to shake a stick at. That's pretty good.
0: Yeah, the problem is, is like it's so punishing when you have those drafts where you're like, you flood out, then like you go like one three, and you're like, oh, I flooded out twice, or my opponent went like one drop, two drop, three drop, mythic, and you're like, oh, cool. Like, so those are really punishing. Like the ones where you go one three, you get so little back that like even going like seven getting seven wins the next time you don't get back to even. I've done these 47 drafts basically on 50 bucks into arena.
1: Mm-hmm. That's what you put in at the start of the season. Mm-hmm.
0: It's about 50 bucks in. I have almost a complete play out of the set. I think we counted before the show. I'm missing eight mythics. Yeah. I've, man, opened- that's a hell
1: of a return on investment. 50 bucks for 40 something drafts.
0: Yeah. That's insane. Um, yeah. My win rate has stayed a About this, pretty consistent throughout. I've like calculated it a few times through. There's been some times where it's a little bit higher. I was at one point 141 and 101. Yeah. So I've gone like 50% or just under for the last like couple days. And being at 50%, you just hemorrhage gems super fast. Yeah. About a 56% win rate will get you a lot of drafts. Yeah. And I started out not having a clue what I was doing, just doing like super mediocre. Yeah, so 50 bucks, 47 drafts. That's not, and I also had done six seals off of that as well. Mm-hmm. So in that I've opened, how many packs have I opened? I guess I've earned 170 packs. Yeah. So I've opened 151 of them.
1: It's a lot of digital cardboard.
0: Yeah. So, like, I probably have a few more Mythics hanging out in there, and I think I went up three vault progresses since I started. Holy moly. Three How or four. How many vaults you got saved up? Uh, seven and a half, almost eight. <laughs> so, we're doing all right. So, I wanted to kind of talk about the different archetypes and different things you can do. Okay first like you have all the two color archetypes and we're going to talk about which ones there are best but you had asked like what are the in between archetypes are there any like kind of weird oddball archetypes yeah that, like, like pop up?
1: I guess m- my question was more I-, I haven't spent the same amount of time in this limited environment as you have and I know like when we were on Ravnica, we had like the guilds archetyped or the gate archetype. It wasn't really one of the color pairs. It was kind of something else that was floating out there that it wasn't always present, but when it was, it was strong, so you'd move into it. I didn't know if there was anything like that in this environment.
0: I think the closest thing is like just green good stuff. Okay. Where you have enough fixing in green that you just get to take whatever, whatever. Yeah, whatever yeah. rares you see. I've had drafts where i've cast on back-to-back turns emergent ultimatum into genesis ultimatum oh that's pretty good yeah you're just like i can just do whatever i want yeah so those kind of decks exist but i don't think there's anything that struck me as like hey this is like super out there for what you would expect the color pairs i think that the really the controlling decks Mm -hmm. just aren't there i don't think they're supported well enough so like every so often you run into like a blue black control deck Mm -hmm. but it's super rare same with like a blue white like more controlling deck those are like few and far between okay and like i don't think i've played against like the blue black flash deck like that deck just doesn't seem to like come together or like exist
1: that was actually one of the decks i was going to ask you about when we got because i know like, I kind of got a sense for what the popular archetypes are, or the popular color pairs are. Yeah. But some of the other ones, like, I don't remember seeing at all. And the Flash deck was one of them that I don't think I've ever seen somebody play the Flash deck.
0: Yeah. Like, the uncommon payoff, in air quotes, is the yeah. blue black hybrid uh, Flash Tutu. Yeah. And, yeah. like, that's not a big enough, like, reducing the cost of your Flash cards by one is not a big enough, like, payoff. Mm-hmm. Like, like, that mm-hmm. card gets paid. Like never, it's just not right. good enough because it doesn't do, it doesn't do something. Like it's just a tutu, mm-hmm. and like now we don't print bears. Right, all of our bears are like bears with upside and like a wall of text.
1: Yeah, they're all tax pieces instead.
0: They're tax pieces or the red and white tutus for two. Oh yeah, have a triggered ability they cycle mm-hmm. the green two, two for two has a triggered ability. Mm-hmm. The black one has death touch. Well, it's not a two, two. It's a two one has death touch or, or lifelink? Lifelink, Yeah. Right. Like they all do something extra. Yeah. Like there's just not like bears anymore. So yeah. like the fact that that flash uncommon is just a bear, mm-hmm. but super below rate. Yeah. The format's weird in that like there are like the aggressive decks have to seem like they have to be really good to compete because if you just because
1: mid-range is so good
0: yeah if you just have like a five or a six out of ten like red white aggressive deck that's not like a cycling Mm -hmm. deck that's just like red white go wide yeah like you have to draw perfect every time and you might still get clowned
1: Now, is that because of the companions? Or I guess my next question would be, are the companions that in-between archetype I was looking for?
0: Maybe. So it depends on the companion. Yeah. Like Karuga is just like three or four color uh, green. Yeah. It's just the archetype you you play with that card. Mm -hmm. What's the red-white one called? Ketria? No. No, Z... Zerka? I'm not Whatever. sure. The, red, the, the one red-white red white hybrid 3-3. Three, three. Yeah. I think that one goes really well on the cycling decks. And like okay. you end up just kind of having to build the cycling deck to yeah. get enough permanence. Yeah. Since cycling counts as an activated ability when it's on the battlefield, even though you can't activate mm-hmm. it when it's on the battlefield. Yeah, it's weird. It's, it is weird. There's not a deck that you play with a companion that you wouldn't otherwise like play without the companion. I feel like a lot of times that the Zerda, Zerda, the, Zerda the, yeah. is the red white one. The the companions a lot of times support what, what the colors were, trying to do. What your colors were trying to do anyway. Like okay. was it? Obash?
2: Obach.
1: Mm-hmm. Like Yeah, the I've guy.
0: Yeah. That it just wants you to be a red, black, aggressive deck. Yeah. And that's what red black is anyway you lose like right. you know you lose the rare because it's an even mm-hmm. but you're just a red black aggressive deck so you've mm-hmm. not really like made that kind of sacrifice right so yeah i don't think that like you get a companion and end up in a, like a weird deck you wouldn't otherwise okay. end up in sometimes your deck does end up a little like meh yeah. Uh like I've had uh, Garuda decks that I've had to play like 19 lands in cuz I just didn't end up with enough even costed yeah. stuff. Yeah. And you're just like, "All right, well, that's fine. I'll just need to hit my six land drop and hope good stuff happens." Yeah. So Yeah, but I mean uh, then that dilutes
1: your hits too.
0: It does. Your hits yeah, your hits go down, but it's still worth it. Yeah. To to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. But I've had a couple decks where like I've just ended up taking the companion late enough that it just is a rare in my deck, yeah. Where like I'm not able to switch to the companion. Yeah, we, we have a whole companion section later on.
1: Yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit. So you want to talk about some of the like your favorite or the strongest Archety- archetypes or color pairs?
0: Yeah. So by far the best deck in the format is red white cycling.
1: Okay. There are so much so that there's like a standard deck that's red white cycling. Also, that we'll also talk about later.
0: Yeah, but basically, there are it it'll have draws where you just don't do you can't do anything. Mm -hmm. Where you're just like, oh, I'm going to die now. Yeah. Like on turn three, you're like, oh, I'm dead, and you you might not die till turn six, but you just have no agency over the game. Yeah. Where they're like. Cycle a thing, tap your blocker, deal you a damage, swing for four, cycle a thing, deal you a damage, tap your thing, and mm-hmm. you just you just take, like, five damage a turn for four turns and you're like, I get... Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. When you're, if you want to get into the red-white cycling deck, the most important thing is the payoffs. Like, you yeah. take the payoffs first because mm-hmm. once you're in the red-white cycling deck, you just get to take five colors of cyclers
1: yeah in like the cyclers that you want are the one mana ones that like none of the other archetypes want anyway
0: yeah like no one really wants uh memory what is it memory leak memory
1: memory lapse memory no. something yeah memory
0: whatever yeah the discard spell yeah no one wants that card i think i've seen it cast yeah. like three times right yep. no one wants that spell that spell is just cycling one
1: yeah And nobody really wants the three blue, blue, tap two things.
0: No. Basically, you end up getting your payoffs early, Mm -hmm. and then you're getting playable in air quotes cards, Mm -hmm. like 14th pick because you got a wilt. Yep. And it's like, oh, okay. So that deck comes together really well just because it's a five-color deck, that Mm -hmm. only needs, like, the uncommons and some commons from one color pair, but then it just gets all the trash no one wants. So by far the best payoff for the deck is Zenith Flare by, like, a mile.
1: Yeah, that's uh, two white-red deal damage equal to the number of cycling cards in your graveyard gain that much life?
0: Yes. So you will be playing, and you will be at 13... And your opponent will just at the end of turn start cycling for no value, right? And you know they're either digging for their flare or they have it, and they were off a few cyclers. Yeah, and you're just like, I can't do anything about this. Mm -hmm. I guess I'm just and then you just die. Yeah, you're you like you've stabilized, everything looks good, and then you get like blown up Mm -hmm. for thirteen, or you get like. They have two of them, and they seven you and seven you again. Yep. So, like, Zenith Flare is so good that you can pick one, the gold card, and just Mm -hmm. go in. Yeah. Because the cycling decks that have a Zenith Flare are infinitely better than the cycling decks that don't.
1: Yeah, like you said, once you get a couple good payoffs, the deck kind of builds itself, too. It's not like, it's not an archetype that you have to work for and count the number of creatures you have and make sure you have some removal spells and make sure you have some interaction and then make sure your curve is good because once you have the payoffs, nobody wants the rest of the garbage, so it just kind of, like, fills itself out.
0: Yeah. So, depending on kind of when you're picking them, I think, Mm -hmm. uh, is it? Save a uh, Thundermane, the red-white 3-2 that when you cycle, you can pay deal 2 and deal 2 to a creature and gain 2 life. Yep. That's the next best payoff to, like, put you in the deck. Mm -hmm. If you're, like, if you see that, like, if your rare is kind of eh, and -hmm. you see that, like, you can take that and kind of be in, but it's not nearly as good as Zenith Flare. Right. but It only hits
1: creatures, so. It
0: only hits creatures, uh, but it can really control a board. There have been times where I've been on the draw yeah. and they go 3-2 and I'm like, oh, yeah. I can't play my 2-2 two, two, or I have to mm-hmm. play it and hope they don't have a 1-mana Cycler right. or land on turn 3. And you're just like, please, mm-hmm. please, 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 please. And they always <laughs> do and you get to get 0 for 1. And <laughs> you're like, you're like yeah. oh, awful. But if you're already in the archetype, I think that Draneth Stinger, the one in a red tutu with cycling one, and then mm-hmm. when you cycle something, it deals a damage. Like yeah. that might be the next best payoff is the common. Okay. Because the more of those you have, like the more times that you're just like a little bit of chip damage early and your opponent's at like eight. Yeah. And you're like, cool, I'll cycle three cards on, on your end step. You're at five.
1: Yeah. I'm gonna and then unta- it's easy to set up a win from there.
0: Yeah, and you just like you're like, Oh, I'm gonna kill you over the course of two turns because I'm gonna cycle like my whole hand. Right. And so the more of those you get, the better off you are. Mm-hmm. Flourishing Fox and Valiant Rescuer, like Flourishing Fox is the one mana, one one that cycles and gets a plus one, plus one counter. It's mm-hmm. fine. It's good in the early game, but like I don't think you can like I wouldn't see that and say, Hey, I'm going in on cycling because like there's an early fox Mm -hmm. like that one is less powerful there's Mm -hmm. a lot of like one ones running around in some of the decks and so like it sometimes doesn't get through
1: yeah and it's also an awkward one like to get bounced against the mutate deck or something
0: yeah valiant rescuer the three one that when you cycle you get one. the first time you cycle each turn you get a one one yeah and then you can pay two and cycle it it's good, but I think it kind of is a different version of the red-white cycling deck. It's more yeah, like a go-wide deck.
1: Yeah, that version really wants an Anthem, too.
0: It does. It wants, um, what's the the white thing?
1: I didn't know we had one. I was trying to think of one, because I was playing the cycling deck a little bit in Standard, and whenever I stuck a Rescuer, I, I just desperately needed a way to Anthem my team a little bit.
0: It is... It's the uncommon. It's two and a white. Uh, all humans mm-hmm. get plus one plus one. Okay. And uh, sanctuary lockdown, and then you can pay two and tap two untapped humans to tap a creature. Oh, opponent control. the enchantment. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So it gives all your humans plus one plus one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I think that vigilant rescuer again isn't is something if you take it early, you're not committing to the cycling deck because it also yeah. works well in like like a red white kind of go wide deck or I've had yeah. like success with like white black go wide with Bastion of Remembrance mm-hmm. which yeah, like the humans deck yeah which that card is nuts we'll talk about it in a second <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> and then like snare tacticians they they come around late enough that you don't really have to prioritize them like, that's the tapper that's the tapper like you yeah. want two or three of them but mm-hmm. you're usually able to get them in the middle of the pack. You don't yeah, have to. Yeah, nobody
1: else really wants them.
0: Yeah, and it's not something that, like, pack one, you're going to take a snare tactician and be like, we're doing this. Right. The other payoffs, there's a Reptilian Reflection, the red enchantment that becomes a 5 4 trampler. With yeah, haste. how do you feel about that? I think it's really, really good if you stick it on turn like three or four. Yeah, I think it's worse later in the game, and I mm-hmm. would just rather have the reach of like Zenith Flare or Stingers. But right. again, that's one I don't think you take it early and go in. I think you. What take about
1: the in- uh, the removal spell, the one in a red deal damage equal the number of, instances of in the pursue.
0: Thunder Lizard?
1: Yeah, something like that.
0: I think that card's really good, uh, but you do have to have really prioritized cycling spells. Yeah. Right, so, like, the dinosaurs... Well, like you were thing. saying,
1: though, that they come, like, at the end of the draft, they come to you, though.
0: Yeah, they do. They will come to you on later picks. Yeah. They will They will show up. But, like, you don't want to take... You don't want your one-mana cyclers to be uh, the Flourishing dinosaur. Flourishing foxes. Flourishing foxes or imposing vantosaurs. Yeah. Right? That's where you want the, the frost spell or right. Memory Leak to be your cyclers. Mm-hmm. But no, that card, I've definitely had turns where I've been like five-year thing. but I don't, well, The
1: reason I was asking is because that's really the only card that overlaps with another archetype. Like the Spells deck wants that. That's supposed to be a Spells card. Yeah. But the Cycling deck can make good use of it too. That's why I was yeah, asking.
0: Yeah, I don't think that... That's another one that I don't think that you... That's not a spell you take early. Right. Because... You take that spell and you think, okay, I want to be red. Mm-hmm. But depending on how the rest of the draft shakes out, that yeah. spell might do stone nothing in your deck. Yeah. And it's not good enough to mm. like build your deck around turning it on. Not right. when there's like Fire Prophecy, which yeah. is that with kind of pseudo draw a card tacked onto it.
1: Yeah, it's almost a card.
0: Right? When you have a common that's just three damage and then the uncommon is sometimes zero damage, sometimes three damage, and sometimes eight. Yeah. Right. You you can't take that and be like, all right, we're the cycling deck, we're doing this. Yeah. But like you said, pick six or seven, you already are kind of feeling the cycling. Yeah. Then yeah, absolutely you can take that and then just prioritize like what is it? go for blood mm-hmm. the cycling fight spell and yep. those over other things one of my favorite cycling cards to pick up is a uh, shredded sails that's okay. the one in the red destroy target artifact or deal four damage to a flyer yeah it is sometimes just the best removal spell in your deck yeah and you know most of the time you cycle it but, like, if you have a pack where you have Raking Claws or Shredded Sails, I think you almost mm-hmm. like always take Shredded Sails. Okay. I guess the Prickly Marmoset is a payoff, but that card comes around super late if Cycling's mm-hmm. open and yeah. doesn't really put you in the archetype. I've seen Zenith Flare's second pick, or not second pick, second pack, and been like, I have made a terrible mistake. Why am I not in Red <laughs> White? Like, I have, I'm have. i like, I'm not going to bail for it pack two, but I like, I'm like, oh, no. It yeah. could have been there. Yeah.
1: How much do you prioritize, like, the one-mana cyclers over the two-mana cyclers in this deck? Like, th- if you have, a two, like, your uh, Shredded, Shredded Sail. Sails, which is a two-mana cycler, is it more important to have that little bit of versatility than it is to pick up, like, a one-mana cycler, like the uh, enchantment to give something haste?
0: Um, I think you prioritize one-mana cyclers over the two-mana cyclers. Almost always, because if your deck is built right, in air quotes, you're playing, like, 14 lands.
1: That, that was going to be my next Four, question, 14 is how or many 15. lands these... Fif, I okay. usually go to 15.
0: So you need those one-mana cyclers to hit your land drops early. And this is also yeah. where, like, Zenith Flare can is also just a huge bailout. Yeah. Right, because you, like, you cycle on turn one for mm-hmm. no value. You mm-hmm. cycle on turn two for no value but you hit your second land drop and then you cycle a third time now when you draw your zenith flare it's at least lightning helix Yeah, it at least deals three and gains you three mm-hmm. and you've already got three cards in your yard for when that comes around later on anyway and yeah. so the one mana cyclers let you play a lower land count okay. and the problem with the deck is you will, you will flood out because you're turning your spells into mystery cards Lands. and Yeah, some percent of your your mystery cards are lands. Another thing that this deck really wants is it wants you to pick up one or two Cathartic Reunions. Okay. So that, like, late in the game... You can pitch the lands. You can pitch the lands. Like, once you get to, like, five or six lands, usually around five is where I start thinking about, like, do I really need to play this land? Mm -hmm. Do I see myself having a use for it in the next turn or two? Yeah. In case I draw, like land cathartic reunion then i have like three new cards. Yeah. But like you know, if you have a pack that's kind of empty or you have, you know, a bunch of cyclers already, you can take a cathartic reunion. Like if it's a if it's a wilt or a cathartic mm-hmm. reunion, like take the cathartic reunion mm-hmm. because like wilt is super replaceable cuz there are just yeah. so many two mana cyclers.
1: Yeah, and just realize that you have cathartic reunion in your deck and you need to you know maintain some amount of cards in hand
0: Yeah yeah so you just want to make Sure that you keep your Lance in hand For the Cathartic yeah. Reunion um, Yeah
1: And then you have a one off color Spell here
0: So I have Ominous Seas There is a blue Red Cycling deck Okay, It's not very good Like Ominous Seas okay. like I don't think you look at Ominous Seas And go like alright take an Ominous Seas I'm going in like, right. Ominous, Seize, Ominous Seize takes way too long.
1: You're right. It does take longer. It wants to play a longer game than the cycling deck normally does. But is it worth building, like, a Jeskai version of this deck? Because, like, you're mana fixing cycles, too, if you can pick up the uh, the artifact, right?
0: Yeah. If you get, like, a late Ominous Seize, yeah, it's fine to be Jeskai and put it in your deck, but I wouldn't look at Ominous seas and say, all right, I need to be the cycling deck. Yeah, I'd be like, oh... Okay, maybe I wheel this, mm-hmm. right? I think like Zenith Flare and the uh, the Thunder, the Thundermain. Like yeah. you can in the first two or three picks of a draft see one of mm-hmm. those and go like, well, we're doing this. Yeah. Where if you see an ominous season at same point, you're gonna be like, eh, maybe this will wheel.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The red white deck is, I think, the best up in diamond. I think I play against it about every other or every third draft is the cycling deck. If they play a planes turn Mm -hmm. one, you can almost guarantee they're cycling something.
1: Yeah, see, that's another interesting point. Like, it's kind of a downside of not playing in pod because when you play in pod, there's only going to be one, like, one decent cycling deck and maybe one, like, subpar cycling deck. Yeah. Whereas when you're playing out of pod, you can face... All cycling decks. Yeah. And then, like, if that archetype is the strongest, like, the more wins you get in your draft, like, the higher the chances are that you're going to, if this is the best deck, you're going to play against more of the cycling deck. So, like, if you rattle off two or three wins, like, the chances of you going up against a cycling deck are going to be higher, right?
0: Yes. Yes. If that's how they pair, absolutely. And like the pairing is weird. Like I've been paired as high as against number 36 on the ladder in limited. And earlier when I was in like a high platinum, low diamond, I've been paired against people in bronze. Wow. It's just crazy. Huh? So yeah, that's bizarre. But I have seen that like, there's a ton of the red white cycling deck. The people that are playing at diamond that I've played against a lot of the cycling deck, a lot of it. So if it's open in a pod, someone is drafting it every time. Yeah. Uh, so I say that and I had a 12th pick Zenith flare Hmm. and I was like, I could have totally been this deck. <laughs> why, why am I playing four why am I playing two mythics in a, in a in a Genesis ultimatum? What have I done with myself? Why am I not just playing this uncommon? Yeah. so there's kind of how you get into the red white deck. It's really the uncommons. and mm. then prioritizing priori- priori- one mana cyclers and Drus Stinger is like the best common, I think for the yeah. archetype that's not like pacifism or right. uh, fire prophecy. Mm -hmm. Right but Draineth Singer I have played Against people that have cycled four Of them in a game and I'm like How did you get four Like there's another like draw Where they just have four on the battlefield and they pay One mana and deal you four Right you're just like yeah The white one the Draineth Healer I do believe is what Mm -hmm. it's called that card Is just a one mana cycler Like the value That it gives you is So minuscule Right, it doesn't really matter. Like I wouldn't prioritize that at all. If you had the Stinger and the Healer in the same pack, you take mm-hmm. the Stinger every time.
1: Yeah, Lightning Bolt and Healing Salve has ta- have taught us that uh, damage is worth more than gaining life.
0: This is very true. So, the the Black White and Red Black uh, aggressive decks. Mm-hmm. I think the ways that you fall into those is really, uh, like with with Bastion of Remembrance or uh, Weaponize the Monsters. Okay. Uh, so Bastion of Remembrance is two and a black for an enchantment that makes a one-one when it comes into play. And whenever mm-hmm. anything, any of your creatures dies, uh, you gain a life and your opponent loses a life. Yeah. And so if you get an early Bastion of Remembrance, you can just build this low-to-the-ground aggressive deck that you know has a good mix of removal with uh, dire tactics and pacifism and the black removal and then mm-hmm. just a bunch of cannon fodder where yeah. you're just attacking every single turn but mm-hmm. really like you know i first picked bastion of remembrance and made really good aggressive black white decks where yeah. you just want everything that make makes a body so yeah. day squad marshal mm-hmm. or the what's the black one it's the black one night squad marshal night night squad commando yeah right? yep they both make bodies you want mm-hmm. those and then uh the serrated scorpion mm-hmm. is great in that deck because it does three
1: yeah and whisper squad
0: yes whisper i just lost to a whisper squad into get whisper squad into um bastion of remembrance into yeah. get a whisper squad get a whisper squad play day marshall yeah. And I was like, all right, I <laughs> can't ever block now. Like, I was trying to race them, and I was right. close because I had the the coordinated charge in my hand. But oh, I just yeah. couldn't. I was, like, just, like, a half a turn too slow. And I was like, yeah, yeah. great. But, yeah, Bastion of Remembrance is, a, is another uncommon that if you see it early, you can just go in on, like, this, you know, go wide, like, beat down attrition deck. Mm-hmm. And just kind of lean into that. Yeah. The card that's really good, it's a rare, but it wheels a lot. You get it really uh, late is the yeah. Mardu. Uh,
1: Enchantment. Offspring's Revenge.
0: Offspring's Revenge. There we go. Yeah. So that plus Bastion of Remembrance, you just yeah. need things to die. Yeah. <laughs>
1: doesn't matter what it is just
0: at the beginning of the game you just you play your uh, boot nipper give it death touch and you just run it into things until they block it yeah and then you just throw whatever you want you're like attack they're like block you're like cool Mm -hmm. night squad get two things play your bastion the next turn attack with everything and -hmm. in the following turn you're just like offspring's revenge everything that died is going to come back slowly but surely and it's just going to drain you. Right. And that has that wheels or you get it sixth, seventh pick a lot. Mm-hmm. And then you can just, just use that with all kind of your like eh, black and white or red and white creatures. Yeah. To just deal a ton of damage and just gum up the ground.
1: Now, is that a deck that probably also wants that three mana reanimate spell? the call of the death dealer or whatever
0: I'm sure it would I've never had that in that deck okay but yes I think that if you could get it I'm um I'm here for it again the Mm -hmm. same kind of thing you just want things to like gum up the ground and come back right and being able to bring back you know a whisper squad and Mm a uh And then whatever random... A boot nipper. You're like, hey, cool. This is either three damage if you don't block or it's two damage if you do. Right. So let's do this. And also the black-white, if you can get the the general's lieutenant? Is that it? The Mm black-white? Like, that is another reason to go black-white. I don't think it's strong enough to, like, put you in that archetype, per se.
2: Yeah.
0: But I think it is... Something that if you get it, you can, you know, if you see it, it is something that you could kind of lean that direction where you don't have to be where it wants you to kind of be humans, right? Mm Generals enforcer. It wants you to be like humans, but just being like black, white, random stuff with Bastion of Remembrance Mm -hmm. where you're just like, I just want to turn whatever went to my graveyard into a 1-1 so it can die again. Right. Is perfectly fine.
1: Okay.
0: Then there's like the green black decks. I mm-hmm. kind of gravitate towards these. The problem is, is that the red white deck sometimes doesn't need to attack you because they yeah. have Drana stingers. So the fact that you have bigger creatures sometimes doesn't matter or the okay. bastion decks, they just attack into you when you take damage anyway. So yeah. like sometimes it's, it's hard to go mm-hmm. big Without then kind of getting gone under, okay. Uh, but the things Next that starts. the things that you can do in this that kind of pull you towards like green black is the uh, a Titanith Rex, the Cycling Eleven mm-hmm. Eleven. Yeah, right, getting one on of those. Triple. Yeah, tr- Eleven Eleven Triple. Okay. Getting one of those early, then kind of then you you get one of those, then you're kind of looking to. Like, be able to cycle it early and then bring it back with Corpse Churn or the, was it, Unbreakable? No, Unbreakable Bond is a reanimate, re-animate spell. The green one uh, that gets back. Uh, a, a, a reanimate a, fight spell? No, no, that's back for more. Uh, the Survivor's Bond, right? Where you oh, cycle yeah, it yeah, away yeah. early and then once you hit your land drops, you get to bring it back. Yeah. Uh, But the dream is you cycle it away and you Unbreakable Bond. Yeah. Uh, to bring it back with uh, lifelink or you back for more at, uh the four green black uh, reanimate fight spell yeah. or you do that. So the first way to kind of get into green black is either the reanimation spells mm-hmm. and then you pair so that into those first. Yeah. You, if you get those first, then you prioritize like Titanith Rex and uh, the sandworm. Okay. It's just things to, like, on turn five, get something way above rate.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? So you can get into Voyager. that. Yeah, Voidbeck, Space Godzilla, yes.
1: Yeah, yeah Space Godzilla.
0: Uh, well, actual Mythic Space Godzilla is angry, but I prefer the, right. the, the Uncommon one. <laughs> but yeah, you want those big things to cycle and pair with the reanimation spells. That deck is actually real if yeah. you get the Uncommons because... Mm-hmm. The the common cyclers are just good enough. Yeah. Uh, like a sandworm, like a f- turn five, seven, seven is yeah, with what I think is good enough. Yeah. um,
1: That can't be chumped by death touchers.
0: Yes. Yeah. I like to build this deck, or I end up building this deck a lot of times. I start with the really powerful high end stuff mm-hmm. and then work backwards. Yeah. Then build the ramp in later on. So, yeah. Humble Naturalist. Okay. Uh, they come along usually pretty late. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Ferdlids as well. Yeah. Uh, I almost always look at my Ferdlids as a ramp spell. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, if I can, I'll wait till turn five to have Ferdlid plus activation up. Yeah. Just to make sure I get that land. Mm-hmm. And then I always like to have some number of Essence symbiotes because yeah. they pair so well with Migratory Greathorn.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So you go Symbiote, Great Horn, you get something that is big enough that it can attack as a 4-5. Yeah, on gets you, 3. Yeah, and it gets you a land, and it gets you 2 life to kind of buffer your life total yeah. against the aggressive decks. Mm-hmm. So, And if
1: you're picking things like the Great Horn and Fertile it and... Um, you know, the mana Dork there, like oh, these ducks a lot of times turn into like it's easy to splash two other colors, right? like yeah. if you got some good mutate colors in blue or red or whatever, you could kind of branch out a little bit and,
0: yeah, you I know think... have a base
1: black green deck, but then play some other mutate stuff,
0: yeah, I rarely am just a two color green deck, yeah, uh, a lot of times it'll also put you into green, black or green black white or whatever is you get an ultimatum yeah particularly like middle of the pack right mm-hmm. you, you take well, like, yeah those ultimatums
1: seem to go kind of late too they like do I, they, i've gotten them as like seventh or eighth pick before yeah
0: people are like oh you can't cast this and it's like no you can yeah. the format lets you cast them and i think mm-hmm. the green ones are just the most castable because you have the most rampant fixing yeah so You can be green, black, or like base green, and you pick Mm -hmm. up a black removal spell, and then like you get an ultimatum, you know, pack two, pick three, and you're like, all right, cool, I guess I'm absent now because I have this white ultimatum, and that's another thing where someone asked me on Twitter like when you start picking lands, okay, and in this deck, right, I think you can start picking lands kind of early. Like, yeah. if you have, yeah, like, a so-so so pack, like, you know, pick 9, 10, pack 1, like, mm-hmm. taking a green-blue land or a green-red land, mm-hmm. like, as, like, because you're like, oh, I might splash green. Like, what if I open the the 5-mana 6-6 six, six trampler in red? Yes. Yeah. Two red-red-green. You want to play that, and having just an extra random red source in your deck is going to make that easier to cast. Yeah. So this deck you're kind of rewarded for those you know mid pack like there's nothing super powerful i have like all the power in my deck already i just Mm -hmm. need to be able to cast these spells but yeah this deck sometimes just falls into being super powerful because you just get past all the green bombs that are like multicolored and you're just like oh cool and don't be afraid like if you have the uh emergence ultimatum and then someone passes you a genesis ultimatum you can do that yeah like a hundred percent you could do that in your deck just go for it
1: yeah i mean if we can do it in sealed then you can definitely do it in draft
0: yeah uh another thing i might value this card more than most people but honey mammoth
1: the fact that we're talking about it means you value it more than i do so proceed
0: (laughs) okay four green green for a six six Mm-hmm. a Battlefield gains four life. Right. The four life really, really helps you stabilize against the red white cycling deck and the white black and red black decks. Right. Because you play this, now you have a brick wall, and now they have mm-hmm. to cycle four more cards through their Drain of Stinger to get you back to where you were, and they can't okay. attack so- you anymore.
1: The difference between this and draineth Healer then is that the six six body is worth way more than a two two body is.
0: Yeah, because it, it just locks up the ground a lot of times. Okay. Now if they have you know if they have the the tactician, well good good game everyone. But yeah. like if I have an Emergence Ultimatum, which happens mm-hmm. way more than it should, like I always try to have one or two Honey Mammoths in my deck, mm-hmm. so that when I cast the Ultimatum, I can like get like honey mammoth sandworm and like a removal spell or another just giant ridiculous creature yeah and they almost always give you the mammoth and like a six six that gains you four life just you know you've ramped into your emergence and then that stabilizes the board and gives you a life buffer Mm -hmm. so the honey mammoth is just a really solid way to kind of get your feet back under you after like an early rush
1: yeah. Another thing while we're talking about that ultimatum in particular is to make sure that you have some things that you can get because I've drafted that ultimatum before and then just not had anything monocolor that was worth getting. Yeah. Like I'd have some ramp or some, you know, mediocre four drops and you know, getting two mediocre four drops out of a, you know, seven mana difficult to cast spell really isn't where you want to be.
0: Yeah, I usually try to if I have that, I try to at least have one or two sandworms, yeah. one or two honey mammoths, removal type spells like uh capture sphere or okay. um you know, just hard, regular hard removal so that yeah. you have like a mix of like okay, I can get two removal spells in a creature, and you're either gonna mm-hmm. give me a creature that like effectively is a removal spell, mm-hmm. or you're going to give me two removal spells and I'm going to, like, get the board under control. And just use this to catch back up and just, you know, get, you know, a two for one and then be be, uh, reasonable from there on out. All right. Another way that you get into the green deck is Kogla,
1: the Yeah, my boy. Yeah.
0: People see green, green, green and pass this card. I have (laughs) had people... Pack one, pick one, look at three green, green, seven, six, enters the battlefield and fights the thing and go, Yeah, I don't want I don't want this card. It's got three green mana symbols <laughs> and pass it. And I've been like, yeah. Cool. I wanna be in green anyway. Yep. So if you get past the tight nape, just go with it. If you open a tight nape, green, green, green is not a big deal. You kinda wanna be green anyway. Yeah. All right. So there are some of the draft archetypes and kind of how you stumble into them.
1: Okay. I got a, uh, a quick section here about companions, and I put this purposefully between limited and standard because I wanted to talk about them both ways.
0: They are busted in all forms of magic.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Since we just came off of limited, I want to talk about them in limited, though. And I know we touched on this real briefly before, but like how and when is it okay to build them? Like if you get for whatever reason, if you get past pack two, pick three Karuga in,
0: yeah. in. if you're, if you're base blue or base green, you're in. Okay. If you can, you know, if you're, I was blue, like kind of a blue, red spells deck mm. got past the Karuga and I was like, all right, goodbye. Five cards. Karuga you're in <laughs> and just like made it work. I was like, all right. All right what about I-
1: some of the ones that are a little bit harder to build around?
0: Um, Like I've, Yorian. I've tried to build Yorian as a companion once, yeah. and it was god-awful. Uh, but yeah. then I just played against someone who had a bunch of cycling cards and had their Yorian in their, like, companion zone or whatever, and I had two capture spheres that I could never cast. Mm. And I just got got. They played like two creatures, and my removal spells were capture spheres, and I couldn't play them Mm
2: -hmm.
0: because, like, yeah, they're just just blinked blinked and it does nothing. It's like they get blinked, and then they have a four or five that I then have to capture sphere. It was just I can't figure this out. I think that one's pretty hard. I think early on you can do it, but I think also early on it can just be a four or five. Like you can just take it and like not commit to the playing 60 because the problem yeah. is we were talking about this with Logan is like there were only like three or four picks that you can mm-hmm. not have in your deck.
1: Yeah. In right? order to have enough cards to make it work.
0: It's really hard to play lands because if you think you get 45 cards in your draft, yeah. you've got to play uh, like 24 lands. Yeah. So you get thirty six plus yeah. Urian makes thirty-seven. So, right. so you got eight cards? And three card. and three of them might be basic lands. Right. Right? And if you draft a land, like what do you do? Like you know, you've got to find another playable. Yeah. Uh I think that yeah. one's hard.
1: Okay. What about um like zerda That one's gotta be really hard to build around, right?
0: Zerta just wants you to play Red White Cycling. So again, if you take it early on, I think you're just in the red-white cycling deck because okay. that's the only way that kind of works. You can also get around it a little bit, right? Like kind of being tokeny, because then you're, right? you oh, know, yeah, forbidden friendship isn't a permanent yeah. in your deck, so right. then that was like weaponize the monsters and stuff be better. But I think you gotta have to have be in the cycling deck. Mm-hmm. That one <laughs> is is harder. And the payoff's not huge. Like, the 3-3 is good. Yeah. But it's not a huge payoff. Okay. Uh, And then,
1: like, Jengatha, like, that one's kind of just a free roll, right? There's not a whole lot that you miss out on having double pips in your mana costs.
0: Yeah, I, again, I played a red-white cycling deck that had this. There's not a single red-white cycling spell that has a double mana cost on it. So you can take this... Well, and the again, dinosaur. Uh I the the six four first striker?
1: No, the one that cycles. This is just like a vanilla three six or whatever. No,
0: it's it's That's... it's one white. It's, oh, I thought it's it was three white, white white. No, it's five and a white.
1: Oh, all right.
0: So yeah, you just take Jingatha first pick, and then you like get past the zenith flare, you're in red white cycling. Yeah. And it's just good enough. Just in limited every mm-hmm. game, knowing that you'd have a five five on turd five. Yeah. Is just good enough. And mm-hmm. so there is some deck building constraint, but not a huge one. Like it's something that you can easily avoid. Yeah. So it's definitely early on. I think even early pack two. I think you can just go in on it if you're green or red. Okay. So Obosh, I've not made him. I've not seen him as a command uh, as a companion too much.
1: Yeah, that one's I, gotta be pretty tough to draft.
0: It is. It is. Like not having any twos. Yeah. Is is a problem. Yeah. Like now you can definitely like had the draft where you like Obosh oh, into Bastion of Remembrance and to weaponize the monsters and then you just need Ooh. garbage. You're yeah. just like, I take every Whisper Squad I see and I'm gonna win this draft. It's like Scorpions Absolutely. and Whisper Squads. All I want to yep. draft. <laughs> um but I think you can do it. I think like if you get this early pack one, you can lean in and try. Mm-hmm. I think that in pack two, usually I think you've got you have to throw away too many picks okay. to make it work.
1: The couple times I've seen loot tree, it's been almost a free roll too.
0: Yeah, I've messed up a few times. Like I like was drafting and I was like I'm gonna take loot tree and I was like. Took a pacifism, and then I saw another one. I was like, oh, pacifism. And then I went, no, yeah, I wasn't supposed yeah. to take that. Yeah, yeah. Lutri's is usually kind of a free roll. I mean, it's limited, so yeah. you don't often have multiples of spells. Right. When I was playing the guy who was 36 uh, in Mythic, I got him to one, but yeah. midway through the game, he cast a uh, channel force to blue-red okay. red instant. deal X, discard X, draw X, and copied it with Lutri and drew six cards. Well, netted himself three, and I was like, oh, now I'm not going to be able to come back from this. (laughs) Yeah, Lutri's kind of a free roll. I think uh, Garuda isn't a free roll, but early on, it's definitely worth just going in on. Mm -hmm. I've gone in on on in, like, pack two. Yeah. But that's really kind of, like, what the rest of your deck looks like. Right. Uh, but you can kind of audible impact too. Yeah. Again, it's just perfectly fine in your deck. Mm-hmm. Umari the Collector.
1: Okay, what about Umari?
0: I think that I've never...
1: I've drafted this deck twice.
0: Okay, I've not drafted it. Okay, it, it's pretty easy to draft. Yeah.
1: Um, normally you end up with a bunch of creatures anyway. Like just throughout the course of a draft. So you're realistically only cutting a couple spells. And a lot of the creatures have enough, especially in these colors, have enough utility where they can kind of double as removal spells. The um like the blitz was it blitz leech or whatever. Blitz leech, yeah. Is much better in the Amari deck, um, because it can kill something. The thing that mutates and minus two, minus two something is yeah. worth more in this deck. Just because you want your creatures to be able to do things as well.
0: Yeah. This was another one that if you get it late mm. in your green x you can just put it in your deck
1: oh yeah Uh, i mean a lot of these are yeah good enough to just go in your deck
0: but you know i've i've had it where i've played this on turn three and then basically it's been a mana dork the whole game it's just like name creature cast my five drop a turn early and that's just great i had a deck where i had amori and garuda as not my companions they were just in the deck because i got them (laughs) too late and i was like all right cool So Loris, I think that you have to, if you get it early, you can build it. Mm -hmm. And that's where you get like the white black aggressive deck where you're playing Whisper Squads and just garbage. But Mm -hmm. that garbage deals enough early damage. And then like the, the kind of staying power that Loris gives you in the mid to late game kind of takes you over the top.
1: Yeah, I mean, the only problem, though, is like that deck also wants to be that uh, Bastion of Remembrance deck, which does, you don't get to play which you don't get to if play. you play Luris. yeah,
0: Yeah, but it does get to play Weaponize the Monsters. Which, it does. Yeah. Also, that stupid beetle, the durable whatever.
1: Coil bug, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like that card just sets up so many engines in this format. I had someone try yeah. to grind me out with Weaponize the Monsters. Yeah. Uh, I was at one... And oh no, I was at three, and I active treasoned a token, so they had to throw it at me to put me at one. Yeah, then they had a coil bug in their graveyard and enough mana to bring it back and cast it. Yeah, and then not enough to activate. So they cast something else, they cast a three drop, and I convoluted it and they had to tap out. And then yeah. I copied their weaponize the monsters, <laughs> and then. K- had Killed the things Killed their blocker Played a hasty guy Attacked them for eight And then threw something at them With their weapon eyes And killed them uh, <laughs> But that thing I've had people draw like six cards With it and like the bushmeat poacher yeah, Just used it like at the end of games Where you've kind of ground them Out of resources and mm-hmm. But you're at like six And they're just like uh, Play the quail bug Block Throw it at you Get it back And you're just like, oh my god, I'm gonna lose to this stupid tutu. (laughs) But yeah, Loris, getting back to Loris. I think Loris, I am yet to beat a Loris as a companion. Okay. In sealed or in draft, I am zero for four. Wow. Just it's just always this seems like a pile. And then you like like you get in a situation where they're just like, deadweight your thing, play Loris, deadweight your other thing, and you're like, oh god well yeah, that's gross this was fun <laughs> yeah and then another one I've not I've had like mixed results on is Kahira the Orphan Guard mm-hmm. like I've taken it early and tried to build around it and I had two just like two three like awful drafts with it yeah and I don't know if it's just me or if like the cats and elementals and nightmares and dinosaurs and beasts aren't good enough
1: yeah, I don't think I've lost to that deck yet. I, I played against it a couple times, and it just seems subpar.
0: Yeah, you just have, like, your creatures are just so bad. Yeah. The fact that they get plus one, plus one in Vigilance doesn't make up for the fact that it's a two-mana, one-four Vigilance. Right. Right, you're just like, oh, okay. Yeah. So, also, uh, back to Lorasex for a second, they always play Corpse Churn. Or some yeah. other way to rebuy it. Like, the yeah. whole game plan is I've got three corpse shor- churns and a Lor- loris; It's never going to die. I'm just going to keep <laughs> casting it. And yeah. I'm just going to... And you're just like, oh, my gosh. But, yeah, that's the one I've not figured out. The Kahira, I've not figured that one out yet. That one and Yorian, I've just not figured out how to make those work. Like, what the shell is okay, for it. And then, like I said, Karuga, halfway through pack two, if somehow you get one. Yeah, you can probably bail if you are green.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Also, my I want to be green. If you look at like the the companions, mm-hmm. Garuda is black, so he goes in that green black or green blue kind of shell. Karuga right. is green blue. Right. Amori is green black. Green, black. So, yeah. like you have the three, I think best limited or in in Giganta or Gigantha or whatever. Right. those four are probably the least like are probably the best ones for limited yeah and they're and they're touching green or black
2: mm-hmm.
0: and you just get to like you just like stumble into them you're like oh cool I, I get to play, play this I get to play this five five ahead of schedule awesome yeah it is super awkward though that your five five is also a mana dork like why <laughs> why that
1: makes five mana though
0: it does that sometimes yeah. you get to use two of. <laughs> I've used this to be like my third black source to cat to cast uh Bastion of Remembrance. Oh yeah. Yeah. Red red white cycling with a Bastion. It's just like, what's my black source? My five five. I'll always have I mean, it. It's fine.
1: It casts like half of the ultimatums by itself. It
0: does. It does. I've never got to use it to cast an ultimatum. Well you can't have it, it Oh, you
1: can't have ultimatum in your deck.
0: If it's if it's your companion, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Sad awkward. times. A uh, quick thing uh, on ultimate to we go forward. Okay. The the Mardu one might be the best in limited, but I don't know how you're ever casting that thing. Yeah. No. No. No idea. Okay. Yeah. So we've talked about companions in limited.
1: Yeah, we're gonna all... talk about them in uh, not necessarily standard, but constructed. Uh,
0: when we saw the companion mechanic, mm-hmm. we were like, "Well, it's a cyborg slot," and we were like, "Well, we don't know how good." a card in your hand is versus a sideboard slot. Right. We now know it is really, really, really good. Yeah, like Like the best. (laughs) Like, absolutely. People are just playing what should just be garbage fires. Right. Up until last week, if a new player came to you and said, hey, I've got this sweet 80 card deck. (laughs) <laughs> you'd be like, nah, you've got a sweet 60-card deck with 20 too many cards in it? Yeah. Right? Now it's like, oh, is Uranian your commander?
1: <laughs> companion.
0: Com- companion, whatever. Is he your companion? Because 80-card miracles in Legacy, a thing. Yeah,
1: who'd have ever thought that would be the case?
0: 80-card, ban- like, in uh, Standard, a thing. Yeah. I've seen 80-card Jeskai Fires. Yep. That one's like the least egregious.
1: I've got beat by 80-card Fires. Yes. Because you know what they do? They draw a bunch of cards, and then they bounce their Fires, and then they get to play all their cards before their Fires comes back.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah, it's gross.
0: Yes. So even that one that you looked at and you were like, 80 cards. Yeah. That seems bad. Nope. Busted. Yeah. Um, Loris of the Dream Den. Like I said last week, I'm glad the cards aren't aren't out aren't, aren't out in paper yeah. because I would have spent forty dollars to get a foil one for uh, my Legacy deck, and it will probably be banned by the end of May. And yeah, you think maybe, it'll be banned
1: by the time it comes out?
0: Maybe, maybe in multiple formats. Yeah. I don't know if you saw Jerry T. Was like, oh, this uh, Esper control deck is pretty sweet. It was cryptics and Azor Mage's charms, snapcasters, the win con, one Loris in the board. It was just wow. a pile. It was a pile of thought seizes, removal, mm-hmm. and counter spells with three snapcasters and a Loris. Only way to win the game. He was like, yeah, five owed the, the daily. Super easy. Deck's great. Uh, I
1: mean, we can talk about that for a second if you want to. Loris has caused the, like, single-handedly caused Mishra's Bobble to be, like, a $15 card again.
0: Yeah, because... <laughs> through
1: two reprints.
0: Yes. I, I, I was looking at a deck, a deck list, and it was, like, Loris. It was a Loris something, and it had bobbles, and it was, like, four bobbles were, like, $80. And I was, like, how? Yeah. It just yeah. got reprinted. <laughs> I bought twice. them for five.
1: just got reprinted twice. It got reprinted in, was it Ultimate Masters? Yeah. And then it got reprinted again in Mystery Boosters.
0: And they're like 15 or $20 a piece because people yeah. are just like jamming them into their Loris decks.
1: Yeah, I mean, it just lets you draw two cards every turn.
0: Yeah, for nothing.
1: Right, for no investment.
0: And it lets you look at the top card of your deck to be like, oh, I should probably sh- uh, shuffle.
1: Yeah, or your opponent's deck, so you have virtual perfect information.
0: Yeah, you're like, oh, I know what's in your hand now. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Loris. For the rest of the game, yeah. Yeah, Loris is busted in, like, vintage, which everyone's like, no one cares. But yeah. if you print a card in standard, right. and it breaks vintage. Immediately. Immediately. Like, the day they were released on Magic Online, it was like, oh, this is busted. Yep. Breaks vintage, breaks legacy. Breaks yep. modern. <laughs> we haven't. It hasn't broken Pioneer, but no one's really playing Pioneer that I've seen.
1: Yeah, I don't think really anybody is.
0: Yeah, I don't know what happened.
1: Everyone that like is playing or was playing Pioneer is either jamming player drafts on Arena or using abusing Loris in older formats.
0: Yeah. So yeah, Loris is absurd. I think we talked about Garuda before. Garuda mm-hmm. is like a decent standard deck Mm -hmm. a good to decent standard deck and is the new Charbelger in Legacy oh yeah I
1: hadn't heard that
0: oh yeah you go you mulligan to two Lion's Eye Diamonds okay and then you cast your Garuda and your deck is every four mana two or four mana clone printed in the game oh Uh, so you play four Phantasmal Image four Spark Doubles Four, um, there's like a random one from like Kamagawa Block. I've seen Digo, the okay. two blue green one. You basically are at like twenty or twenty four clone effects. Okay. And you can play your Garuda on turn one.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Copy it, copy it, copy it, copy it, until so you hit a Dragon Lord uh, Colagon. Called it by mm-hmm. the way. And then all your creatures have haste, <laughs> and you kill them. All right. It plays all the fast mana. So, uh, ancient tombs, chrome moxes and things like that, because you can like go in on casting your Garuda every game on turn, you know, three.
1: Is there a better way to build that deck?
0: I don't know. I think it was an article you sent. it was a TCG player article, like all the different builds. And it was just, it was super all in. It was, you know, kind of the, the quaintness of like Charbelcher where, it's gonna win. Sometimes it's gonna win on turn one, or just like pack up all of its cards and be done.
1: Well, I mean, the, the nice thing about that deck though is your blue, so you get to play Force of Will, Force of Negation.
0: No, Garuda. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, they, you get to play Days. You get to play Days. Yeah, I mean, you could play Days. Like you could play you like
1: Pack of Negation.
0: Pack Negation is oh, it's just Stone Zero.
1: It's zero, so it's even, yeah.
0: Yeah, you could play Pact of Negation and just be like, I'm all in and I've got to hit my Dragon Lord to get there. Well,
1: that's what I was thinking, though, is if you you could almost play mana-less.
0: Okay. The cards
1: go to your graveyard, right? Yeah. So if you get enough clone effects and go mana-less, you can mill your deck and then Dread Return Thassa's Oracle.
0: I was just, when you were saying that, I was like, Dread Return is even. I'm yeah. here for this. Yeah, you could. Like, yeah. you would have two outs. You could, like, the mill yourself. Also, though, a backup win con, if you go off on turn one but don't find the Dragon Lord, yeah. you can mill your opponent out.
1: This is also true.
0: On turn one. Oh, yeah, you
1: don't even, you don't even need Dread Return Thassa's no, Oracle. Like you just turn, mill your opponent.
0: Turn one, you could just mill your opponent out. You yeah, I guess unless the- you're
1: playing Sneak and Show, because then they're going to have Emrakles. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> So angry, ah, uh, so so angry, but yeah, like this card, it's I think an interesting deck yeah. in Legacy. I don't know if it's particularly good or has staying power. Like I don't know why there isn't a modern version of it. It's a little bit slower, but like well, it's a
1: lot slower because you don't have LEDs.
0: Yeah, but all the ways you could get a prime time on turn three. Now you can get a Garuda on turn three, and you know what it hits. Prime time, prime time, yeah. You can all huh. just Garuda like turn turn three six mana off bounce lands. Garuda spin the wheel. Oh look, prime time, go. Yeah, <laughs> get two lands. Hmm. Lutri hasn't done anything. It actually has right. a deck building constraint. I've not seen anyone talking about Obosh as like a commander or as a companion in constructed formats.
1: Uh, people are playing it in standard. Okay. The true sacrifice deck is an Obosh.
0: Oh, yeah, because you, you're playing, you, I guess you don't get Priest of Forgotten Gods, but you get Mayhem Devil and Cat right, Oven. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, um,
1: there's actually two versions of the sacrifice deck right now. Okay. Like the more pure version is an Obosh deck, the more aggro version is a Loris
0: deck. Gotcha. Oh, going back to Loris for a second, I forgot to bet in modern, uh-huh. Loris burn.
1: Yeah, I mean it's just a free roll, and you get all your swift spears, goblin guides, whatever.
0: Yeah, you just get a three two out of your sideboard yeah. every game. Right. Yep. That like on turn, if you like every card
1: in your deck fits the deck building constraint yeah. anyway. So.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, well, no, you lose Riftbolt but it's like, no, it's only permanent. So they would have just made it right. cards two or less. Yeah. Loris isn't busted, but because right. they made it permanent, like if it if it matched a, uh, Karuga. Then it's not busted, right. but because it's right. like different, it's totally busted. Yep. People have messed around with Amori. I've seen some videos and some stuff about like picking artifact as your type okay. because you get all your artifact creatures plus oh, all that's the artifacts. So a yeah. steel overseer that costs one mana is really good. Yeah. Really good. So I've seen people kicking around uh Amori in like artifact shells yeah i don't know if it's good but i've seen like i think jerry t talked about it on their podcast i i saw i think pleasant kenobi played a deck i think i saw an article or something but yeah there's some of him kicking around Azurta, uh, people want to ban it in legacy as well
1: oh with a uh, like grim monolith
0: and uh basalt monolith yeah yeah it's just uh infinite mana yeah and so you can just like monolith, you know, you play like grid monolith, this, and then you're just like make an arbitrarily large walking ballista and kill you.
1: Yeah. Gross.
0: Yeah, so that's this one has issues in older formats, particularly Legacy. I don't I've not yeah. seen anyone do anything with it elsewhere. Yeah, uh, I don't think I have either. Jagantha just randomly gets to go on random decks. We talked about this before.
1: Yeah, it's, the Niv to Light decks.
0: Niv to Light, it's in hum- It's in modern humans, just because.
1: Is that the best one for humans, though?
0: Uh, There's too many three-mana humans for Loras.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: But, like, I've seen it there. Like, it can it shows up randomly. Mm-hmm. And then Gar- uh, Karuga is, like, a standard all-star. Yeah. It just goes in the Fires decks and in the Jeskai Control decks or Bant decks. Yep. It just it's just almost a free roll. Mm-hmm. In like blue red decks. You're just like, oh, I have my Bone Crusher Giant and my Brazen uh, Borrower. Well, I
1: mean it's exactly what you want in a control deck though, because it's a win con that you don't ever have to draw.
0: You never have to draw it. And when you do draw it when you do get to play it, it draws you three cards. Right. You're like, eh, I have a Narset, I have a Teferi, I have this uh, Elspeth Conquers Death. Mm-hmm. I'll play this and draw three cards. Oh, you killed it, I'll get it back with Elspeth Conquerors Death. Right. Just like I I think like they've stopped playing Dream Trawler. Like they're Ooh, just that's scary. They're just on like all removal spells and counter spells yeah. and it's like Karuga. Hmm. Cool. I think the only one that really hasn't seen any play is uh Kahira. Like
1: that well, in Lutri.
0: In Lutri, yeah. yeah. Uh but Kahira I think that, that restraint is too is too much. Yeah. So
1: well, I mean the restraint is play a jank deck.
0: Yes. Which nobody wants to do. Nobody wants to do. I think yeah. that when they made these, I think in their head they thought all the constraints were play a jank deck. Yeah. And they're not. Only no, like not two at or all. three of them. Yeah. Like three of them are like jank deck, right? Lutri and Kahira and mm-hmm. Yorian reads like jank yeah. deck, but isn't somehow right
1: well i mean there's been recently that have talked about like maybe 60 cards isn't like the the correct number of cards for constructed decks anyway like wasn't that like a sam black thing last year he was talking about like maybe for a control deck or something in modern like 60 cards isn't what you should be playing
0: just because you don't have enough variety of stuff to answer everything
1: well, that that was part of it. He had, like, a whole article. There was multiple reasons. I mean, um, you I could, you what could they also
0: argue, like, with with how many cards there are in Magic now, mm-hmm. That right? Like, 60 cards was set up when Magic was, like, I don't know. 60 cards and a limit of four was when Magic was a much smaller right. card pool. Now,
1: well, yeah, I mean, when that restraint was put in place, it was just Alpha, Beta, Unlimited.
0: Yeah. I mean, maybe like the constraint should be maybe it should be 80. Yeah. Because, you know, maybe decks become less streamlined and less, you know, less game homogenous. St- less homogenous and less like repetitive. You don't get as many repetitive yeah. game states. Yeah. So, if you have a com- if you have a companion, by all means, have fun. Yep. Play it, but realize that there is a chance that Two of them, yeah, may go away. Yeah. I don't know. did you read the um, Matt Sperling sick of it all article?
1: I did not. I read a couple articles about them. His was not one that I read though.
0: He just was pointing out how games that have put in a a starting condition have yeah. often quickly like gone away just because of the fact that it leads to repetitive game states or you know one of the conditions is way better than all the other ones so you just have what, to always What do you have mean? It.
1: Like give me an example.
0: So his example was the he used to I think it was the Star Wars TCG back in the day and he okay. said they started out with these with these like starting I think they were like missions okay. and what happened was is it went from you got to play all the cards right Mm -hmm. Right to there are there's two or three missions that are way better than the other missions so the value that you got from your mission was too good not to play a mission and then that meant that you only ended up playing instead of there were a thousand cards and 500 of them were playable now there's a thousand cards and a hundred of them are playable because they support the three missions that are good. Right. And we could be, and like his argument was, is are we in a situation where, you know, legacy you could, you know, there were 15 really good like tier one decks, let's say, but you could sit down and play against any kind of nonsense because, you know, there are 15,000 magic cards or 20,000 or whatever. And yeah, 5,000 of them are playable in legacy or 3000. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you're you know if loris is by far the best companion yeah well now that really narrows the cards that are now playable on legacy because if having a loris is so much better than not having a loris yeah then you just always have to play loris so you can't play the three thousand playable legacy cards you have to play Right. The thousand cards or the five hundred cards that support Loris. Support Loris. Right, because if Loris is so much better than everything else, you can't play Sneak and Show. True. Like it's like, well, no, I ha- I have to have Loris in my in my as yeah. my companion. I can't play Emercall anymore. Right. So like, if Loris is the best thing to do in Legacy, that means Sneak and Show is not playable. Yeah. And so his point was just that when you have these starting conditions, they narrow mm-hmm. your deck building space into what supports yeah. that condition. And then I think yeah. Zvi Mausiewicz was had a tweet where he was it was in the article where it was some yeah. other card game where he and his play group like always played this game, and then they came out with like a starting condition similar to Companions. And he said, we went to release weekend, we all played, we looked at each other and said, we're done here, right? And we never played again. Yeah. Now that's actually
1: like a really good take, is to get Zvi's take on it because, like, just his like approach to deck building is different than most people's. Yeah. Where most people would look at a format and say, "Oh, this is this is an engine that I want to build." His approach <laughs> is to look at like what what the cards let you do, what the mana in, in particular lets you do, yeah. and then build from there. And I guess like a companion fits his deck building approach in much the same way. Where instead of looking at like the, see what the mana lets you do. You look at the most absurd, you know, companion and see what that lets you do.
0: What constraint does this companion put on my deck building? How, how can I make the most busted thing within that constraint? Yeah. You know, magic's not going to go away. I don't want it. I don't want to come off like I'm saying that. Yeah. But with kind of the outcry from, the vintage and legacy and modern and limited people. I've never heard LR talk about bands before. Yeah. When they got to the companions on the rare and mythic set review. Yeah. Uh, Marshall went on like a five minute tangent about how people are talking about, maybe we should ban companions and limited, not banning companions, the cards, but banning yeah. companion, the mechanic. the mechanic. Yeah. Right. Cause he was like, imagine if you like, you know, we're able to go to a paper sealed event, right? And you sat down and it's like, hey, how's it going? Oh, pretty good. Uh, My companion for this game is Garuga. Yeah. Uh, Garuga. And you're just like, oh, well, I'm behind because I didn't have one in my sealed pool. This person always has a 5-4. Yeah. (sighs) Okay, let's try this. So
1: this is a good segue into what I want to talk about next. Okay. I have the couple of articles that I've read from various pros around magic universe have proposed ways to fix companions. Have you read any of these? No, I've not. Okay. One of them was to either reduce, like if you have a companion, reduce your starting hand by one, not like off the rip, but like you've taken one mulligan. So you get to look at seven and then put one back and then you always have access to your companion. Another one was to do the same thing, but put it in your hand. That way, at least, like your opponent has the chance to thought seize it or something or like interact with it in some way. Yeah. Because w- one of the really awkward parts about Companion is that you don't, you have abs- actual zero ways to interact with it until they go to cast it, which may or may not ever happen.
0: Yeah. No, I've had games where just like in limited, where like, yeah. yeah you have to hold up essence scatter because I'm going to play this right at some point, or, you know, like I'm going to play my honey mammoth and Mm -hmm. not my Garuda. And are you going to, are you going to essence scatter this? Nope. Okay. I have a six, six, even if it doesn't get cast, it has an impact on the game. Right. Right. And putting it in your hand, like you said, you could thought seize it. You could, you could do something as opposed right. to just being like having this like you know knife hanging over your head of well i'm going to yeah. get got here on it, on some turn mm-hmm. other than uh garuda which people mm-hmm. are playing four of like the loris decks it's, you play a loris it's never right. in your yeah. it's never in your main deck it's in the sideboard the the, Zert, the the zerta decks never yeah. in the main deck always one on the board right. your The
1: bush decks are only playing one
0: yeah, yeah. so like it's not like they're going to see it again right it's right. just it's just the one yep so it's very it's very different than how magic's played cuz like mm-hmm. you play four of a card because you want to draw it in your opening hand or like see it in your first three or four exactly right? here you play one and that's always in your opening hand yeah so i think you could do a few things like those ideas with like keeping companion as mm-hmm. a thing i think it's fine. Mm. It might help. But yeah. maybe you just maybe mechanic maybe the m- companion mechanic was a mistake.
1: Yeah. Well, like both of those things were framed from the point of view that like we are even though we're not really right now, we are a paper game. So you can't really like functionally errata cards because you can't change what's printed on the card. Yes. So those are both ways to fix companion without having to like errata cards. Yeah. You could change the rules of the mechanic to, you know, make it less of a handicap to not have one and then go from there. Those are things that could be done like within magic rules that don't have to, you know, erase a portion of a card and pencil in something else. Yeah. There is like a whole other school of thought though, that. I have seen a lot less frequently, but I have seen, you know, multiple, I think I read one article, there was somebody tweeting about it. I saw a post on Reddit about it and that's that companions are going to be okay, but not right now. And that's because there's not enough of them kind of think of them like planeswalkers where they're like a new shiny thing that is so far only in one set, but maybe after we have you know, a few sets of these, you're not at as much of a disadvantage because there's going to be one somewhere sometime that's going to fit the deck that you want to play.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I
1: mean, I I I just thought it was kind of a unique take. Like it wasn't something that I had thought about until until I had read it.
0: Yeah. I guess that, let's say they made 10 more. Right. Right. Is it 10? Yeah, 10 more that had different constraints. Well, now you get to play different decks that have companions, but if every mm-hmm. deck has a companion that seems odd.
1: Well, I mean, it's just a different it, it's just different. It's kind that's why I kind of compared it to the Planeswalkers because like when Planeswalkers first came out, and I, I wasn't playing then, I know you weren't playing nope. then. But, like, that was a big thing, is, like, Planeswalkers have ruined the game. This is a new permanent that's hard to interact with, that gains value every turn. Um, You feel inherently disadvantaged if you're not playing one of them. And then, kind of, over time, Planeswalkers have evolved into something that is more interactable, and they have such varied abilities that chances are you can find, like, if you wanted that, you could find one to slot into your deck.
0: Yeah. I guess it's just... Right, it would be weird, like, not every deck plays Planeswalkers. It'd be weird if, like, every right. deck kind of had to play a Companion. Because if the rule remains unchanged, it's like, oh, if I don't have a deck that has a Companion, then I'm down a card. Yeah. So if they print 10 more Companions, now you just have, you know, twice as many Companions. Mm-hmm. But there's also... Like with planeswalkers, they know when they push a planeswalker, I guess. Yeah. So. Well, right,
1: but they didn't for a long time.
0: They didn't know when they they didn't push them, or they didn't know when they pushed them.
1: Well, yeah, they didn't know when they pushed them.
0: Right, like, so I mean, look at Oko. Yeah. Well, as we talked about, they didn't play that card properly.
1: <laughs> they didn't think it was a problem. They didn't. They didn't feel that that was a pushed card.
0: Yes. Uh, which. Wow. Yeah. The same people that brought you Oko brought you Loris. Um, <laughs> but my Turns point up, being,
1: Three men is the hotspot.
0: Yeah. But what I mean is okay, so you have. So if next time they have uh, companions, maybe they dial them back. Yeah. Right. And then they're not playable. Right. Because there's a fine yeah. line where these could have all been not playable or only right. playable in limited. Mm hmm but they missed right Mm -hmm. but they could have easily just turned the knobs a little bit yeah and you know made them unplayable right and so what if the next time they they do it and they miss and they make them all not good enough Mm -hmm. so then you're just like oh it's just the 10 that are good right i don't know typically i'll just kind of play whatever right Mm -hmm. like if if I have to have a Loris to play Legacy, I'll have a Loris to play Legacy.
1: Right. I mean, I'm going to have a Loris regardless of if it gets banned or not. I plan on getting one at some point.
0: Yeah. There's Loris Jund now.
1: There sure is. Yeah. You no. lose Lily. Is it even Jund without Lily? I don't I, know.
0: I my mean, my heart aches. I mean, you you're swapping one eighty dollar Planeswalker for more Red N6s, so like you're still you're <laughs> you're still spending the most money possible.
1: You caught me. That's why I like Jund. I love hemorrhaging money.
0: That's, that's the <laughs> My joke. My dirty little secret. That's the joke, right? Is it, yeah, it It can't be a Jund card unless it's $60. Yeah.
1: And if it's not $60, you're playing the wrong version. <laughs> you're playing
0: the wrong version of Jund. Exactly.
1: Well, I meant the wrong version of that card. Oh, yeah. Like so every card in Jund has a version of it that's...
0: $60 plus dollars. Yeah. Yeah. So... I don't know how much of the companions is the bright shiny thing where everyone's just trying them out.
1: Yeah. I mean, that could be too.
0: And so you're getting like, they're overrepresented because Mm -hmm. they're just, everyone's trying them Yeah. or how much of it is like, these are just all busted. Like I think Loris is kind of in the place that underworld breach was in. Yeah. Right. Where the only thing you were supposed to do in legacy was play underworld breach.
1: Oh, my God. Loras buys back Underworld Breach. It does. Oh.
0: It does. Yeah. Yes. But, right, so it was like everyone just plays Underworld Breach. And all the legacy people were like, oh, my God, Underworld Breach is busted. And then they banned Underworld Breach like a month later. Right. Right. So I don't know how much of this is going to be, oh, man, Loras is busted. Hey, 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 hey. And then it gets banned out of legacy, but like hangs out in modern for a while. Right. Or hangs out somewhere else. Uh also, fun fact, uh, Garuda, I know my head's going places. <laughs> you know what it gets back? It gets back inverter of truth and Thossis Horrible. Oh. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yes, it does. Which one do you need? I I gotcha. Yeah, I gotcha, <laughs> buddy. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. All you mill over Thassa's Oracle and Inverter, that's fine. Get your (laughs) Inverter, put that Thassa's Oracle's in your deck. It's fine. Yeah. No problems here. Uh, Hopefully in a month or something, people calm down and we go back to kind of like normal magic. But yeah,
1: I mean, part of this might be exasperated because like we don't have real events to play right now either.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, what
1: else would it look like in a month?
0: Very true. But I mean just think about like we had Oko, which Oko like broke everything. Broke everything and only now exists in uh vintage and legacy. Then we had Underworld yeah. Breach, which right. kinda broke everything. Yeah. And currently does not exist in Legacy. Right. And now Loris Loris has people not playing Oko in Legacy. <laughs> to play Loris. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Hmm. This busted three-mana plans walker costs too much. Can't do it. That's right. See ya. <laughs> See ya. Gotta go. I gotta play my little, like, uh, cat nightmare. Yep. Let's go. Hmm. I also just had a thought. So yeah, cat, what's that? Cat nightmare. Okay, hear me cat out. Cat nightmare. Yep. Is the squirrel... Why is it... So the Helica Glider mm-hmm. is a nightmare squirrel? It is. Why is Loris a cat nightmare?
1: Instead of a nightmare cat? Yeah. I don't know.
0: What's up with that?
1: Alphabetical? Maybe. Nightmare squirrel, cat nightmare. I don't know. But like
0: human soldier and human cleric, it would sound really weird to be a cleric human. But true. (laughs) (laughs) But those are alphabetical. I don't get it. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Random. Anyways. (laughs) Okay, okay. Volpakeet, Foxbird fox bird (laughs) not bird fox it's true uh so there's there's some serious hard-hitting magic analysis for the fans why is it (laughs) cat nightmare and not nightmare cat all right
1: all right so normally we do an arena segment here and we have a whole bunch of things to talk about but because everything's on arena right now that's all we've been talking about so we really don't have an arena segment however I just did the latest workshop event or whatever, which is basically like 2 precon brawl decks that you play against each other. I'm sorry. And I just realized that we keep winning these haversacks of fame for these workshop events. And I have no idea what they do. Neither do I like, there's no way to. I don't, I, I must have won a dozen of them by now. I have no way to track
0: them. I have. So, a quick Google Did you search, find an answer? yeah, on Reddit. What is haversack of favor? Uh, okay, the first response was, "It is a random reward between 500 gold, 500 experience, and a rare IRC." I think it's chosen randomly when you win your first game. Someone said oh. it can definitely be a mythic IRC because I got a great henge. Oh, there you go. So it knew. is one of those things.
1: Okay, there's my answer.
0: There you go. There's I need to learn answer. how to google I guess <laughs> I was just I was just curious myself, yeah, also the daily deals. I don't know if it's just the oh, weekends, yeah. but Saturday and Sunday, the daily deals were free money again. mm-hmm, so I don't know if there's every weekend they're gonna like make it free money.
1: I don't know it I got thinking about it today because i noticed that was it yesterday it was just free money again yeah it might be something that they're just doing because like there's so many people playing arena right now they're trying to like keep it rolling yeah you know what i mean um, maybe once things are somewhat back to normal whenever that happens they'll stop doing this kind of stuff but i mean i'm for it i think it's it's kind of a cool way to not only get people looking at like spending money on things that don't necessarily exist but also like kind of a neat way to keep people engaged in the game
0: yeah I mean and it encourages people to like log in every day to see what the daily deal is when the daily deal was just card sleeves I, I think that's gonna bring people in or card styles Right, but like oh hey like I can get closer to my next draft yep if I do this thing well then I should totally do that thing
1: yeah ever since the first time they did it I've checked them almost every day
0: yeah so There you go. Keep looking up for free money. I tweeted out the last two. Yep. So when it's free money, I will try to let you guys know. Yeah. My limited train is uh, running out of steam right now. So I will probably have to cycle back to the world of constructed. So next week, we may have some constructed stuff to talk about.
1: Yeah. I mean, I have a little bit of constructed stuff to talk about, but I think we've gone long enough this week, so we can save it for next week. Yeah. And if you're on uh, Patreon, I have mentioned to our couple patrons what some some neat standard things are to do right now. Quick Patreon plug.
0: Yes. So so you should totally go there. Yeah. So Check out you... our Patreon.
1: Casu- uh, Patreon.com slash casual tryhard MTG.
0: Yeah. So if you are trying to get a hold of us, you can uh, message one of us on Arena. That's what Ken did to let us know he was alive.
1: Uh, Ken actually sent us a message on Facebook. Also,
0: Ken is alive, guys. We have no no need to go like send out a search. Ken party. is alive. Yep. Um, Thank you, Ken. Yeah, but if you want to tweet at us, that you're alive, or yeah. uh, show ideas or anything like that, uh, get at us at Casual Tripod on Twitter.
1: Yep, you can hit us up on Facebook at Casual Trihard MTG. You can still email us show at CasualTryHardMTG.com. I think. Like if you go back historically, more people have emailed us questions or whatever than just about any other platform. So that's completely reasonable if that's what you want to do. We do really want to hear from you though. I want to make sure everybody's okay. Make sure everyone's having fun on Arena. And by all means, let us know what you want to hear about. Because I don't think we're going to have a whole lot to talk about for the foreseeable future anyway. So <laughs> yeah, <we laughs> let us get, know what you want to learn about. We
0: will do our best to find you guys some stuff.
1: Yep. Um, if you're looking to pick up any cards make sure you use our tcg affiliate link tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com and i think that's about it so we will catch you guys on
0: arena we will see you on the interwebs